God's People at SignalingGodsPeople.org. Over 25 different uh, podcast sites uh, on the app Sealing God's People. Join us as we explore the Word of God in the preceding Word of God in the present truth of that Word that is well able to save us. The engrafted Word, the rhema, for the present truth that shall man shall live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now what is the present truth? As we see in the Word of God that we're coming to the last of the last days in the sealing of God's people. In Revelation 7, we know that there is a sealing of the servants of God in their forehead. But what is this sealing? And there's many different ideas about what the physical sealing would be, a Sabbath of just some natural day or whatever the case may be. But it goes far, far greater than that. In Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, talks about, pray that your flight be not on the Sabbath day, on the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. This Sabbath day, as we look at it, for then shall be a time of great tribulation. Such as it never was, such as a nation, no, shall ever be again. And except those days be shortened, there would no flesh be saved. But what is the sign? The sign is the seal. And if you believe the testimony of Jesus, you have set to your seal that God is true, that God testified of his son, that believe on the name of the son of God. Believe on the name of the son of God is more than just saying, I believe his name is Jesus with an intellectual consent. But it is the revelation of the name. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, sent and signified it, sealed it by his angel unto John. Well, what is the seal? What is this testimony? The testimony of Jesus we find in Revelation 19.10 that John, who knew the Lord, if any apostle, John the Revelator knew the Lord, if any of them knew the Lord, and he saw a man. And when he sees this man, he's going to worship him. And the man says, see, thou doest it not. If anybody knows the Lord, John, the Revelator knows the Lord Jesus and his character, his attributes, his majesty, his glory. He was up on the Mount apart, on the Mount of Transfiguration, where Peter said, we saw his majesty. We saw that glory. And Jesus was transfigured before them. John was there. If anyone knew the Lord, and you know not to worship anything, but worship God, otherwise you're in idolatry. Well, John was about to worship the man. He says, see, thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren. I'm not an angel. I'm one of you. But there's something different there. I am of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Well, what is this testimony of Jesus? It's the words of the book of this prophecy. How do we know that? 
because he said, worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Well, it's sent and signified by the angel unto John. Signified, signed, sealed, engraved, an engraving of an engraver. There we have to understand what the witness is that he gives power unto his two witnesses. When we see in the book of Haggai, he talks about a time that you labor for much, you bring it home with bags with holes in it, and then God did blow up on it, getting nowhere. And God called for a drought upon the land and upon the new wine. Everyone going about saying, well, God's going to do something. We don't know what it is. There's a drought of the word of God. Not of, of a wheat and barley or natural bread, but of the word of God, a drought of it, a famine of the word of God. And certainly we have seen that in this fresh manna, this fresh revelation of God, eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking his blood. We can see some things there in Haggai, which is the feast prophet, uh, the prophet of the feast, the feast of the Lord, the Moed, divine appointments of God with man. And we have prophets prophesying, and they're missing, they're missing the mark, and yet we find that people are still following them, and they wonder, well, maybe they're still the prophets of God, but uh, it just didn't come to pass. Well, is there a reason? Of course there's a reason. If the thing the prophet prophesies, and it does come to pass, saying, let us go after other gods, things are the work of man's hand, then fear not that prophet. Why? Because the Lord God tries you to see if you love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and might. Tries us as the body of Christ. So we need to make our calling and election sure. We add to our faith virtue, virtue, knowledge. Knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godly, godliness, brotherly kindness, and the brotherly kindness. Finally, charity, which is not just love, but it's the love of God in obeying his commandments and doing the will of God. Charity is the love of God based in doing his will and obedience to his word. They're keeping the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus, Revelation 19.10. And blessed are those that read and keep the sayings of this book, the Biblia Ridian, the little book, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things. Those are the things of faith. Now let's get into the word and find out what those things are. We find in the sixth month, we're not coming to the seventh month yet. It's a, it's a season way past Pentecost. You see, Moses' tabernacle was dedicated in Passover. There, Solomon's temple was dedicated in Tishri, the seventh month, Ethneim. A long time had elapsed between Passover and that first season of God the second season of God, the Feast of Pentecost, or weeks, and then a long time passes, and we come to the Feast of Tabernacles. 
the Feast of Engathering, the Feast of Sheba, the Feast of Sevens, the Feast of Prophecy, the Feast of All Feasts, that is, Tabernacles. We're in the season of Tabernacles now, but because we have not obeyed God, we have not moved with the leading of the Spirit, then we have a chastening rod of God that will help us get along the way in truth, for man must live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It must be a proceeding word, present truth of the word of God that we must be established in. And because that we have backed up on God and we're not following the leading of the voice of the Lord. And the time is coming and now is when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. The time is now and is coming. Yes, because it's a proceeding word of God. For the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. So that means there's more light and glory from faith to faith, from glory to glory for the body of Christ to obtain until we come into the unity of the, unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Why? Because Jesus is coming back for a bride, a church that has made herself ready, that is perfect in all her ways, without spot and without blemish, and a perfect mirror image of himself, literally presenting to himself a perfect mirror Im image of himself, having the same attributes, having that same glory that he had in the days of his flesh that same glory he gave to the church, John 17. But we have to grow up into all these things, not partial truth, not just a one verse, Charlie, not just claiming one verse and then sitting back and high five and saying we're saved, sanctified, on our way to heaven. But we have to grow up into him in all things. All things are the things of faith, for faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Things seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. And God is revealing those things now in the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things. But we're lagging behind. The Lord's truth is flowing, but very few are listening. Very few are obeying, and that's the reason why the Lord will increase chastening rod upon his body so that we will not be condemned with the world. So who hath an ear to hear? Let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So he's got a drought upon the land. This is in the sixth month, going into the seventh month, when in the 21st day of the seventh month in Haggai, the feast prophet, we find in that 21st day of the seventh month that he shakes all nations. Haggai 2. And he said, the desire of all nations shall come, Jesus Christ. And we're not talking in that parousia, the coming, is not the appearing yet. It's his coming. He will come to us as the rain, the former and the latter rain, in the first month. 
So this coming is not the former reign in the book of Acts, the second chapter, when the Holy Ghost was given. This is that, spoken by the prophet Joel. Then in the last day saith God, now I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That was the former reign in Acts, the second chapter. Now we're coming to the last great reign of his strength, standing in the power of his might, not ours. Ask you of the Lord reign in the time of the latter rain. So the Lord will make bright clouds and forth showers to every one grass in the field. But we're to seek God for it. Zechariah 10, 1. Well, it's a time for that latter rain. But most do not know what does that entail. We must, we know we must be sealed because only the servants of God are going to be sealed in their forehead. Some have been taught they're already raptured out and, and uh, in a pre-trib rapture. Therefore, it doesn't apply to them uh, that somehow or other they're going to be in heaven seven years at a marriage supper of the Lamb and while they're if they're feasting, then seven years of great tribulation falls out and three and a half years in the last end of his indignation and then the Lord comes back. But that's just not the word of God. Because we see that we're to be led and guided into all truth, not in the sweet by and by, but now. This charity that will cover a multitude of sins. The charity is the, that perfection, that unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God that we must all obtain, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And the timing of it is before it's a day of famine of the Word of God, a drought upon the land, new wines cut off, and God's seeking those that he's preparing for the work of the ministry, new wineskins, for the new wine must be put into new wineskins, for the old wineskins cannot hold this new thing. Otherwise, it will burst, and the wineskin, as it bursts, and the wine will be spoiled upon the ground. Therefore, to know the signs of the time, not because we're following uh, some prophecy some prophet had, but to you, the body of Christ. We don't run after prophets. That's how God spoke in the Old Testament. God, in diverse times and in sundry manners, spoken to the fathers by the prophets. Hath in these last days spoken to us, how? By his son, whom, hath, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. Heir of all things, yes. To inherit all things is the faith that was once delivered to the saints, led and guided by the Holy Ghost into all truth, not partial truth. So there's much more for the body of Christ right now that we must enter into and receive by faith and believe it and obey it. Obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. And you see that in Romans 6. So as we take a look at Haggai, we need to find out what is the sign? What is the sealing? What is that seal 
the servants of our God in their forehead. Revelation 7. What is it? Well, it's the word of God being led and guided into all truth. But what is that? How do we know? So many different voices in the land and no voices without signification. Every one of them has a significance. But what is that mark? What is that mark for the prize? What is that seal, that sign of the sealing, that testimony, the engraving of an engraver and a work of a signet? And what's the difference? Is that a newborn babe? Oh, well, the baby has grown to little children. Is it a little child? We find in 1 John 2, 12 through 14, said, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. You're born of the water and the spirit. You've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ after you've repented, born of the water, and you've received the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the spirit, and your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. And I write unto you, little children, because you've known the Father. Jesus said, if you had known me, you should have known my Father. These little children have known the Father. They know that Jesus is the Father of glory. Well, praise God. But is that the ones that are going to be sealed? No. Then we have the overcomer, the young man. I write to you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you. We have to turn to the word. Not the prophecies, running after prophets. Give us a word from God. Because you, as an individual believer, must know his voice. God is revealing his revelation to those that have an ear to hear now in this present truth flowing from the throne room. That all of truth is going down Aaron's beard, Jesus ahead, all the way to his feet, through the whole body to those that have an ear to hear. And that present truth is flowing now, and the young men are the ones that have grown from little children. Sins are forgiven for his name's sake. They've known the Father. Higher glory, though. It's a higher revelation of the Word. And he said, the Word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one. You've overcome the world, the devil, and your own flesh. Those that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections of the lust. That's only through obedience unto righteousness. Romans 6 again. Well, what is that? We see in Revelation, the second and third chapter, we have the voice of the Son of God, the voice of the Lord Jesus, the voice of him that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. That voice is coming, and to him that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches, him that overcometh. It's written to the young men that obey the word of God. And he says to the ones at Pergamos, I will give you a white stone to him that overcometh. And in that white stone, a new name written that only he knows that receives it. Well, what would that be? Well, we know there's no other name in the body of Christ in this world or that which is to come than the name of Jesus. 
but it's a higher revelation of the name. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ in a higher season than Pentecost all the way into tabernacles. It is a much higher glory in this white stone. That's that pearl of great price that a man finds, sells all that he has, and buys that pearl of great price. Except the man forsaketh all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Well, that's that white stone. Where is a new name written that only he knows that receives it? That receives what? The word of God. The proceeding word of God. Not a Pentecostal word. It's a radical, higher glory than what we have seen in Pentecost. In the present truth of Pentecost. It's a new season. A total new thing that God does in Kainos. A new thing that's never been done before. A higher glory than this world and the body of Christ has ever seen or ever will see. Which will bring immediately afterwards when the harvest is ripe, the Lord will put in the sickle and reap. Reap his harvest. And put it into his garner, his barn. But before that time, we're at that time, that season of the revelation of Jesus Christ. To the fullness and to the unity of the faith. And to the knowledge of the Son of God. Not just knowing Jesus after the Spirit, not after the flesh. But knowing the Word of God. That to the knowledge of the Son of God in Ephesians 4.12 is not gnosko. It's not just knowing Jesus after the Spirit, not after the flesh. Somebody said, well, I've got the Holy Ghost. Yes, but are you obeying the present truth in the flowing Word of God from the throne? Throne room revelation of that Revelation 12 man-child caught up to God and to His throne. Higher level of glory. Not in the sanctuary. Not in the holy place. Not in Pentecost. But in the season of tabernacles. And that, where we are right now, to those that have an ear to hear in Revelation 2 and Revelation 3, to overcomers, young men, they are the ones that are the, we will receive that white stone where is a new name written, that hidden manna, that hidden manna that we will be able to eat. I'll give him to eat of the hidden manna. Hidden manna? Yes, for in Christ, in him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This is the hidden manna that God is revealing now, which has its own seal because we believe the testimony that God has given. And that is young men. But they're still a higher than that. In Revelation 4 and 5, we see that there are 420 seats in heaven. And on the four and twenty seats are four and twenty elders. The priesthood. Then there's these living creatures, the Zoe, before the throne of God. Lion, man, calf, and eagle, which are the four living creatures, the four beasts, before the throne. And we're told in many commentaries, these are angels. No, they're not. That's another era. By them saying they're angels, it's saying that it is a glory that you, 
and I cannot achieve, can obtain through faith, which is a total lie. We know that because in Revelation 5, it says uh, that the four and 20 elders and the four beasts, the lion, man, calf, and eagle, sing the song of the redeemed. They sing that new song, the song of the redeemed. Why? Because they are the redeemed of the Lord. They're not angels. Angels are not redeemed. Jesus did not take on him the nature of angels. He took on him the seed of Abraham. Why? Well, when God sent forth his son in that fullness of time, made of a woman, the son of God had a beginning. The word was made flesh because the son of God has two components. Number one, he is the spirit of God without measure. Manifest two second component in a body of flesh and blood in the days of his flesh for our redemption. So in the fullness of time, Galatians 4, verse 4, God sent forth his son made of a woman. That's how he sent it. Made of a woman, made in under the law. Why under the law? Why in Adam after the fall? In order to redeem us that were under the law. Very, very plain, very simple stated. That's why he did it. He made himself of no reputation. He that was rich, God himself, the spirit, made himself of no reputation, not some reputation, no reputation. Took on him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men. Who is that? Fashioned as a man. Who is it? God fashioned as a man. We see that in Isaiah 43, 10. Thus saith the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and my servant whom I have chosen, the man, that you may know and believe me and understand. This is the understanding, the revelation of Jesus Christ. The mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge and only those that are going to get that hidden manna are the ones that are the overcomers that hear the voice of the Lord in this season now. Not another uh, four months into harvest, but now. God is doing it now. Preparing for us for the work of the ministry. And we find those ones that are sealed as young men have uh, overcome the wicked one. And that's a capital W-I-C-K-E-D. How do they do it? The word of God is strong in them. 1 John 2, 12 through 14. But it's still a higher level of glory. And that's where we're going today. What is it? What level of truth do we need to know? One verse and we're saved sanctified and on our way to heaven, or do we have to grow up into him in all things? Do we have to literally press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus? As many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if you be any otherwise minded, God will reveal this even unto you. What? What is this sign? What's the sign of the ceiling? What's the engraver? The engraving of an engraver, an engraving of a signet. And is it in Pentecost? The answer is no. It's not in Pentecost. I want you to take a look at Haggai 2. And we see that in the 21st day of the seventh month, that is in the seventh month is Cheshri, Ethneim. It's the seventh month, not Pentecost. 
but all the way until the seventh month of tabernacles, in the season of tabernacles. He said, I'll shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. All the silver and gold is mine. What's happening there? Then he says, I will make the glory of the latter house greater than that of the former. Now, what is that ceiling? What is the sign? I want you to take a look at Haggai, second chapter, and the very last verse. And he says, in that day, saith the Lord, will I take thee, O Zerubbabel, now, this is the Lord of hosts that will take the Ozerubbabel, the ones that were born in, descendant of Babylon, Babel, Babylon, Zerubbabel. But we are to come out of her and be ye separate, saith the Lord of hosts. Then I will receive you as sons and daughters. We must come out of confusion. Into what? Into all truth. How? By the Holy Ghost, revealing the Word of God. Why did he say, the Holy Ghost will not speak of himself, he'll speak of me. For all that the Father's given, given unto me. The man Christ Jesus is glorified with the Father's own self because he is the Holy One. And he speaks of that Word. And will show you things that will come to pass. Now these things are how we grow up in even all things, where we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, Ephesians 4. For there's one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who's above all, Father of us all, and in us all. The Father's in you, Christ in you, Jesus in you, the hope of glory. It's in this season of tabernacles that we're talking about. And this is the revelation of that sealing of the signet or the sign of the seal and what it is. In Zechariah, well, we'll go to Zechariah in a minute, but in Haggai 2, in verse 23, it says, In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, I will take thee, who? O Zerubbabel, the ones that were in Babylon, and my servant. Well, why does he say my servant? Because the servant obeys God. And we're going to have the servants of God in Revelation 11. Well, Revelation 7, I'm sorry. We'll get to Revelation 11 in the two olive trees in just a moment. In Revelation 7, to seal the servants of our God in their forehead, the mind of Christ. And it's through the Word, through receiving the Word of God, eating that hidden manna. Give to him to eat of the hidden manna to him that overcometh. I'll give him a white stone with a new name written. There's that new thing, the new wine that only he knows that receives it. It is not Pentecost. We're not going back to Azusa Street. We're going to a higher level of glory to those that want to go into that glorious latter house rather than the former. And the latter house is so much more glorious than why would you want to stay in the old store and the old wine when you can have the new and that's what the Spirit is saying to the church now. He said, I'll take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Sheltiel, to ask of God your petitions, your prayers. That is Sheltiel, sons of prayer. 
These are the ones praying to God, lighting their will with the will of God rather than doing the will of the flesh. So Zerubbabel, the Senate are coming out of Babel, Babylon, son of Sheltiel, sons of prayer, saith the Lord, and will make thee, you, Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, the ones of prayer, as a signet, a sign, S-I-G-N, E-T, a loftog. That means that you have been led and guided into all truth. Because when Paul says, I'm not perfect yet, neither have I already attained. But I'm trying to apprehend that of which I've apprehended of Christ, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth of those things which are before. That's things of faith, knowing there's more. I press toward the mark. That mark is not an aloft Beth Gommel. It is the Tav. We see in Ezekiel 9, six men with a destroying weapon by their hand. Uh, and then there's one, that seventh one, that has a rider's inkhorn by his side. And he said, before these ones, with a slaying sword in their hand, that weapon, mark those, seal those that are crying out for the sins and abominations done in Jerusalem. And when he had done that, he said, now go through the men with a destroying weapon by their side, go through and destroy all, young and old, and spare not. Without that word of God, without that sealing, we will not be able to stand, regardless of how long you've lived for God, regardless of how that we think we stand, take heed lest we fall. We must press on to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, growing up into him in all things, the things of faith. For the Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us into all truth, not partial truth, all truth. Now we prophesy, we have understanding. Everything is done in part. We have knowledge in part. But when that which is perfect is come, all that which is in part will be done away with. Then we will know, even as we are known of him, that perfect is come as charity. And that's the reason we had to, had to add to our faith virtue. Virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance. Temperance, patience, patience, godliness. Godly, brotherly kindness. Finally, that brotherly kindness, charity. For charity will cover a multitude of sin. Charity is the bond or the guarantee of perfectness, which we must all obtain too. For we all need to be presented blameless at the Lord's coming, both spirit, soul, and body. A perfect body of Christ that has made herself ready and a perfect image of Jesus Christ. For whom he did foreknow them, he did predestinate that be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those that he did predestinate, them he called. Them that he called, he also justified. Them that he justified. Them he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's where we have to be, where we have to go to be presented, blameless at his coming.
most spirits soul and body. A bride without spot, without blemish, perfect in all her ways, fully grown, mature, skillful in the word of righteousness, have her senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil. That is where we are now. God is revealing our Lord Jesus Christ, revealing his name, his word, his work to those that will receive it now. And what is it? It is Zerubbabel. There's my signet. You will be as a signet. And that's a sign, which is the seal. The seal's a sign. Set to your testimony that God is true. That's the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy, Revelation 19.10. Why? Because you know these things. You know these things before they happen. That God is true. Show us the former things and the things that will be, and we know that God is with you. Well, it's a more sure word of prophecy. Not hearing a prophet, but the more sure word of prophecy in the voice of the Son of God, the voice of the Lord, the voice of God. My sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. Now, Zerubbabel is that sign. He didn't say Peter, James, John, or whatever. In the Old Testament, it says Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel. But then it also mentions there in Zechariah, written two months after Haggai, that there is uh, this Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, and Joshua, the ones called by the name of Jesus, son of Josedek, righteous, because only those that are holy and righteous will stand in that day that will burn with fire. Only he that is holy, only he that is righteous will stand in that day. As we see in Zechariah, I want you to take a look in, in, the, in your Bible and understand that the work of the ministry, if you'll see that there is a measuring line in Zechariah 2, in that, that, He's lifted up my eyes and looked and behold a man with a measuring line in his hand. Now here's where we have Revelation 11. Here's a reed likened to a rod given to me, John said, saying, rise, measure the temple of God. We are that temple, the body of Christ. And the altar, what presents your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for you is? That altar is that will of God. Have we presented ourselves on that altar? And then he says, and them that worship. They read like unto a rod given to me, John said, saying, rise, measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. Well, what is worship? We must worship God in spirit and in truth, for charity rejoices in the truth. Though we speak with the tongue of men and of angels, understand all mysteries, give our body to be burned, and we have not charity, doing the will of God, for God worketh in you both the will and the do of his good pleasure. And that's the reason why in Matthew 7, and Jesus given us the Sermon on the Mount, 
which is the constitution of the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, states that not all saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in, but only he that doeth does the will of God. Then they're going to profess unto Jesus. Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. We've prophesied in your name. We've cast out devils in your name. Yeah, but you didn't do the will of God. You didn't follow on unto perfection. You didn't grow up into him in all things. You stopped along the way and thought, well, that's enough. There's a very interesting scripture I want to, to, to give you. And in Isaiah, and notice it's the spirit of this person. Notice in Isaiah, and it's Isaiah 42. There's a very interesting scripture there that applies to us today. And uh, <laughs> uh, the Lord talking. It says in verse 17, they shall be turned back. They shall be greatly ashamed that trust in graven images. Various denominational creeds, doctors of dogmas, man's commandments rather than the commandments of God, that say to the molten images, images, you are our gods. This denomination, what it says, we're saved, regardless of what the word says. <laughs> Hear ye deaf, and look, you blind, that you may see. Notice the spirit of this person in verse 19. Now, this is Isaiah 42, verse 19. Who is blind but my servant? Or deaf as a messenger that I sent? Oh, my goodness. Next, in the completion of that verse. Who is blind as he that is perfect? Man says, I'm already perfect. I don't need anything else. I'm already full grown. I stand. You stand? A man thinketh he stand. Take heed lest he fall. It's not good for a man to make think more highly himself than what he ought. The pride of thine heart has deceived thee. This person says, I'm already perfect. That's the mystery Babylon. Says, I said a queen. I am no widow. I'm married to Jesus. I will see no sorrow. There's nothing else that I need. I will have no birth pains. I'm already married to Jesus. I'm his bride. I said a queen, I am no widow. I will see no sorrow. God said in one hour, in one hour, so greater Richard become than not. He'll destroy her. Who is blind as my servant that is perfect or he that says he's perfect? I don't need it. Brother Beard, I don't need to grow up into this word. I don't have to concern myself with the revelation. I think I'm okay. You think you're okay. And blind as the Lord's servant. Oh, my goodness. That is a profound statement from the Lord himself. He that thinks he's perfect, they don't need any more word. Not broken, humble, and contrite, seeking God for all truth, being led and guided by the Holy Ghost into all truth, thinking they're going to get it in a sweet by and by. No. Only those that grow up into him now that have that ceiling 
have overcomers as young men, and then as fathers in the apocalyptic sealing of Revelation 7 will be used of God. And that's the reason the sign, the seal, is Zerubbabel. That's the reason when you go to the Table of Nations and Nimrod built Babel, Kala, the same as a great city. In the Table of Nations, there's 70 nations there. And in, the, in that, that season of Pentecost, we didn't have all those bullocks offered. Not in Pentecost. It was only in tabernacles. On that 15th day of the seventh month, you will offer 13 bullocks. 13 bullocks in addition to all the other sacrifices. Then the bullock there, a priest would have to offer a book, bullock if he sinned. And we were crying the same with the king. You have to offer a bullock, 13 bullocks on the first day. Second day, 12 bullocks. Third day, 11 bullocks. Fourth day, 10 bullocks. Fifth day, 9 bullocks. Sixth day, you got 8 bullocks. Seventh day, 7 bullocks. Add them all up, 70. 70 bullocks. Why? Because the kingdoms of this world, Jesus has already paid the price on those 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20th, 21st, that's seven days. 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, seven bullocks. Add them up 70. And then on the eighth day, only one. Why? Because his name will be one, and there's only one king over the earth, and his name one, Zechariah 14. But he paid by his precious blood. Forthwith came water and blood. Seventy, those 70 bullocks alluding to all 70 nations would be the Lord Jesus. Purchased them all, not only died for our sins, but all creation, moans and groans and pain to be delivered into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. And not only they, but we which have the first fruits, first fruits of the Spirit, do groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our bodies. The whole creation. It's the first beginning of the creation of God. The new. The new creation. Jesus. Purchased. All things there on the cross. That by death. He become the mediator. Of the New Testament. By the death of the testator. Inheriting what for us. That we. Would inherit all things through him. By him and in him. Well, here we are. We're at that day now. We're at the time of tabernacles. God revealing his word. On the 19th of January, 2019, after we preached at a church in Transmara, Kenya, Africa, the Lord visited us and uh, the basic, uh, many things that he said. I saw the nations as blood all over the world, but the basic thing, that the Lord said this went on for about two hours. Seal my people by my word. As the angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. That means we're in the last of the last days. But who hath an ear to hear? To the law, to the testimony. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And to the testimony, the testimony of Jesus. 
If any speak not according to this word, it's because there's no light in them. We gather for corn and wine, move with the Holy Ghost, none considering the work of God. And that's where we are now, the new thing. What is this sign, as signet, the sign, S-I-G-N-E-T, Alavtav? That is the engravings of a graver, of an engraver, which is the seal. The seal that we will receive ultimately as fathers in Revelation 7. But only the servants of God in their forehead, which is full grown fathers, turn the hearts to the children and the children, the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Fulfilling Malachi 4. Why is Zerubbabel? Because when Babel was built and they were going to build a tower to heaven and God said nothing will be impossible to them now. We'll go down there and confound their language. Babylon. But God's going to restore to us one pure language to them that overcome. And that language is the language of God. The harp is a golden harp, a heart in unity with Jesus Christ in heaven. The full measure in perfection. Not in the sweet by and by, but prepared now as a bride adorned for her husband. Being led and guided into all truth, that proceeding word of God. Notice that they said, we are going to build this, this tower of Babel. Because we, they want to build them city, themselves a city. And they don't want to be called by the name of God, lest they be scattered abroad. If you will, make a note of that. And uh, if you will take a look at uh, uh, Genesis 11, and notice how the world says this, the worldly church, I mean. They say, not the real believer. Now, I'm talking about the worldly church, that they gather for corn and wine, and considering the work of God, uh, ice cream dinners and uh, chili suppers and, and go to church and they think that's it. There's nothing more to come. Uh, we've already fulfilled everything, uh, which is totally untrue. But they said one to another, let us have brick. Let us make brick, not the stone. Let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. They had brick for stone. The stone is the rock that revelation of Christ, but they have what they think is just as good in baked brick, but it's untempered mortar. And when the fire and the weight of the storm comes, it will crumble because it's untempered mortar. You've daubed the wall of salvation with untempered mortar. This they had brick for stone and slime for mortar. Why? They said, let us... Uh, Make us a name, not the name of Jesus. They wanted to be approved among themselves. Why are there different denominations? Why are there divisions in the body of Christ and sects? S-E-C-T-S. Different divisions, different denominations. Paul said, there'd be divisions among you, and I part to believe it. And there'd be heresies. These heresies are denominations. It means that they're the very same thing to prefer a certain portion of people 
of our Baptist, we're Methodist, we're Pentecost, we're this, that, whatever. But yet the body of Christ will be following the Lord Jesus. And the banner over them will be love, which is taking the name of Jesus and uh, fulfilling it as living epistles. Lively stones built up a spiritual house whereby we offer praises unto God. It's a total different glory than Pentecost. Let us make us a name. Why? He said, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. They didn't want to be scattered abroad. Why? Because they know. Daniel 12 tells us that after the God has scattered the power of the holy people, the diaspora, and I'm talking about not just Israel, the nation, I'm talking about the church. Just as it was in the book of Acts in the former reign, there abode at Jerusalem only the apostles. Why? Because there was great persecution against the church and all the saints were scattered abroad and went everywhere preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. How's God going to do it in the last days? He did it in the former reign. These that have turned the world upside down have come to our city also. How's he going to do it in the latter days? The same except with higher, way higher, greater glory. Because the latter house will be greater than that of the former. The latter reign will be the last great reign of his strength. It will be a radical change from Pentecost. We'll get into that later. But I want you to see now that it's Zerubbabel coming out of you're born in Babylon. No one is born in all truth. But it's line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept that we go in and are approved of God. But the ones that don't, it's a rock of stumbling. It's a rocket of, of, of fence. They stumble and fall backwards. It's a snare to them. And that's the reason why that we must press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God and Christ Jesus and obtain that faith that we've been utterly pressing toward that mark. Literally for that faith, contending for that faith, pressing for that faith that was once delivered to the saints. The faith, the faith is the testimony of Jesus. It is the spirit of prophecy. It is knowing those things that must shortly come to pass. And that's how it will be signified unto John. Who is John? Well, Revelation 10, John the Baptist forerun Jesus' first coming in the spirit of Elijah. But John didn't know mighty miracles. Who will forerun Jesus' second coming? John, in the spirit of Elijah. For Elijah truly, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. How do we know that? Because Acts 3.21 tells us that the heavens must receive Jesus for how long? Until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things. What's all things? All truth. Because faith is the substance of things. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. And God is revealing those things now, but very few are hearing the voice of the Lord. So it's time to us come out. Be you separate. That's Zerubbabel. Come out of Babylon. Touch not the unclean thing as they can did. But the, 
with a wedge of gold and a few Babylonian garments. You don't want to be clothed with the world. And that little wedge of gold, mammon, money, and it cost him his soul. Touch the accursed thing. We don't want to do that. All that loves the world, if you love the world, the love of the Father's not in you. The lust of the the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh. The world passes away with the lust thereof. But whosoever doeth the will of God, we've got to do the will of God. We've got to hear for this time, which is now doing and coming to us from the throne room itself. And we're sitting back and uh, worried about a coronavirus, COVID-19. Oh, what are we going to do? Iran and the missile crisis there for Israel. Who will be elected again? Prime Minister Netanyahu, will it be? And whatever, it's, uh, it's a tinderbox. It's ready. Uh, the Ezekiel 3039 war that we're talking about. World War Three, and all these things that are in there and wars and rumors of wars. Nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. All these are the beginning of sorrows. That's just the beginning. It's the beginning of birth pains for the church to bring forth Jesus in her, Christ in you. The full measure of the statue of Jesus, though the outward man perish, yet the inward man, the Jesus in you, will grow up into him in all things until the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. Jesus ahead, you and me and the body of Christ, making but one body filling heaven and an earth, all named, the whole body in heaven and earth named Jesus. What is that? There's a change of raiment. It's a change of raiment, but it's in the seventh month, not in Pentecost. You see, Moses' tabernacle was dedicated in Passover. Right after that, we have the Mount Sinai experience, the only 11-day journey from Sinai to Jordan. We see that in Deuteronomy 1, verse, uh, the, the, that first chapter. But it takes them 40 years. Why? Because it's testing and trials. And this wilderness journey, pilgrims and strangers on this earth, just passing through. Why did God do it? To see if we love him with all our heart, soul, and might. There we lean not to our own understanding. God revealing his word now to those that have an ear to hear. It is a word of the Lord and the sign, the signet of Lavtav, that sign of Lavtav is given unto John. In Revelation 10, the seven thunders uttered their voices. John was the one given the measuring that reed like unto a rod, the measure of the temple of God. The Zechariah 2, measuring the temple. The measuring, the measuring line in his hand. We're going to see that those will be the angels, the seven stars of the seven angels to the churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea, a wheel, a wheel in the midst of a wheel. But the wheels uh, cried in my hearing, O wheel, Jesus in you making but one body. One body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. For the work of the ministry, and God is right now, Jesus our Lord, Savior God Almighty is preparing us now for those that have an ear to hear. The problem is, very few are listening. So God will get our attention. It's called the chastening rod of God to chasten us lest we be condemned with the world. 
And that's what he's doing. And as we look to him, it's a Hosea 6, verse 1 through 4. Come and let us return to the Lord. Somebody said, we're already there. No, for he hath torn. He will heal us. He has smitten. He will bind us up. Somebody said, no, that's the devil. No, it's God himself. After the second day, I'll revive you. In the third day, we're in the third day now, tabernacles, in the sign of the sealing. In the third day, I'll raise you up and you will live in my sight. If we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning and he will come to us as appearing. No, as the rain, the former book of Acts, second chapter and the latter rain in the first month. The latter rain is what we're in now. It's a new thing. It'll be a radical change from the former rain because this is the last great rain of his strength. The sign, the signet is uh, as uh, that sign, as the signet is Zerubbabel. The ones that are born in Babylon, sons of Sheltiel, sons of prayer. And uh, along with Joshua, the name called, once called by the name of Jesus, son of Josedek, the righteous. And there will be a change of raiment. You'll see that in Zechariah 3. But right there, when he comes before the throne, Satan comes there also. Joshua, the son of Josedek, the ones that are called by the name of Jesus. You're literally called for that high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That man shall cut up to God into his throne, the higher level of glory. That worship God and keep his commandments and have the testimony of Jesus. That's the remnant of her seed. Notice in this Zechariah, coming out of that sixth month, Going into that seventh month of that time of uh, this new season, notice that the Lord says, uh, my house is going to be built in it. And a line is going to be stretched forth upon Jerusalem. Now I'm talking about the church. Cry yet. And this is uh, uh, Zechariah 1, verse 17. Cry saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, My cities through prosperity shall yet be spread abroad, and the Lord uh, shall yet comfort Zion and shall yet choose Jerusalem. And notice what he says here. He says, And I lifted up mine eyes. We have to look up higher to see this. I lifted up mine eyes and saw, behold, four horns. And I said to the angel that talked with me, What are these? And he answered me, these are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. They've scattered the earth. And the Lord showed me four carpenters. Those are the four faces, lion, man, calf, and eagle, which will be the lion, man, ox, and eagle when it's a full-grown man to the measure of the statue of Jesus. And he said, what came these to do, the four carpenters? He said, these are the horns which have scattered Judah so that no man did lift up his, his hand his head, but these are come to fray them, to cut them as a, a vessel of a potter shall be beaten to shivers, to fray them, to cast out the horns of the Gentiles, which lift up their horn over the land of Judah to scatter it. Somebody said, well, that's natural. It's natural and spiritual. As goes Israel after the nation, so goes the church. Is a replacement theology? No. All of Israel will be saved. 
There's a measuring line in the hand and the Zechariah 2. And it's not only that, but the whole remnant of the church of the living God. We find in the work of the ministry, in Zechariah 3, what the Lord is doing. The ones that are called by the name of Jesus, Yeshua, Joshua, before the Lord, Satan comes there to rebuke him. Take a good look at Zechariah 3 because this is where we're, this is where the body of Christ is now for a change of raiment. A change from the Pentecostal raiment, the change from the old store and the old wineskin to that of the new wineskin. It's happening now. We don't want a promise slip any of us that would seem to come short of entering into his rest for there remaineth the rest of the people of God. Hebrews 4. He says here, He showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him, our adversary. And the Lord said unto Satan, not us, the Lord said, the Lord rebuke you. Just as Michael bring out regular accusation against Satan, but said the Lord rebuke you when they were contending, contending over the body of Moses. The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Watch it now. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Somebody said that's national Israel. Yes, it's national Israel the Genesis 12 promise, but it's also the church, Genesis 15 promise, the seed. Notice what it says. Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. Watch this. When he said, he's chosen Jerusalem, is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Well, what's the brand? If you have a brand, you take that brand, put it in the fire, because that's how you're going to brand or seal your people. But it's through the fire. All going through the fire. Holy Ghost fire. Whose fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly purge his floor. Is this not a brand? Joshua, the ones called by the name of Jesus, plucked out of the fire. And there's a change of raiment. The filthy garments, take them off of him and give him a change of raiment. What is that? He says over there, Joshua, the high priest, thou and thy fellows, there's your church, that sit before you, for they are men wondered at, men of wonders. Behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch, Jesus in you. Now we go to Zechariah 4, and we see the olive branches, which are the same as Revelation 11, olive trees. These servants of God, I give power to my servants. They shall prophesy for 42 months. Time, times they have three and a half years, 1,203 score days, which is the Jesus ministry. He was cut off in the midst of the week but not for himself. After the six, two weeks, he was cut off, but not for himself. And in the midst of the week, he'll confirm the covenant with many for one week. 
That's not a league made with uh, the Antichrist. The covenant to the people, Isaiah tells us, is Jesus. And he will confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, the middle of that week, three and a half years, he will cause a sacrifice and oblation to cease. Exactly what Jesus did. He took the ordinances of that law, nailing it to his cross, the ordinances that were contrary to us at enmity with all mankind. Jesus took the ordinances of that law, law nailing it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition, thereby making peace. And of the twain, God and all mankind, making one new man. Who is that man? The man Christ Jesus. Who is that man? Somebody said, well, the man's not God, but he, he had God in him. No. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 tells us who that man is. The first man, Adam, he was just, he's a living soul. He was made a living soul. That second Adam, that last Adam, Jesus Christ, was made a quickening spirit. Not a spiritual man, spirit. The Lord is that spirit. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Galatians 4, 6, the spirit of the son, spirit of the father is only but one spirit. Jesus is that spirit. And we all with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. That's where we're a bland plucked out of the fire. And he sees... Zechariah sees two olive trees. These two olive, the two olive uh, branches on either side of the church, the candlestick. And there's a bowl on the top of it with its seven pipes feeding the seven lamps of the candlestick or the church. Those are the angels the seven stars, the Pleiades, the seven angels to the seven churches, or this Zerubbabel, they're the Joshua that's plucked out of the fire. They have a change of raiment. And the Lord speaks to the angel of the church of Ephesus, saying, Thus saith the voice of the Son of God that hath the seven stars, or whatever, the voice of the Lord is coming to those churches through the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Why? For the work of the ministry. God is doing it now to him that hath an ear. Let him hear. The same olive trees of Revelation 11. We see it here in Zechariah 4. Not national Israel, but the church, the remnant of her seed. She's in travail, painting to be delivered. She brings forth a man-child caught up to God, to his throne, his throne power. Not, not a rapture. How do we know it's not a rapture? Because there's two wings of, a, of an eagle given to the woman, the church, where she flieth into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared of God, where she's nourished from the face of the serpent, the old dragon, the serpent, the scorpion, the devil himself, for a time, times, dividing of a time, three and a half years, 42 months. And who is that? The old dragon, the old dragon Satan himself, 
was wroth with the woman, wroth with the church, and went to make war with who? The remnant of her seed. Not the whole church, but the remnant of her seed, the ones that have something far greater in glory than the rest of the church that's on the old wineskins, the old wine. Got to have a new wine. This new wine's been cut off. It's right there at the door for you. There he said, this, this devil, this, this great red dragon has indignation, has, is wroth with the woman, goes to make war with her and the remnant of her seed, her seed. That seed is the one that what? That worship God, the remnant of her seed. Not the whole church, but the ones that have come into a higher glory that keep the commandments of God, those that love God, keep his commandments, and have the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, knowing these things. Why is it necessary? Because only those are sealed. The servants of our God in their forehead. Revelation 19.10, that is the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy, knowing those things. And the remnant of her seed, they're not in heaven. They're in the wilderness where she fled into the wilderness. How did she? She flew. Pray that your flight be not in winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Why? For then shall be a time of great tribulation. It says there never was a nation. No, neither shall ever be again. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. Here we have it right there. The remnant of her seed, the church, the ones that have a higher glory, they keep the commandments of God. They love God. They're keeping his commandments. They're not a hearer of the word. They're a doer of the word. They don't just follow Jesus with a mental uh, intellect, with a heart man believeth. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I tell you? You draw nigh to me with your mouth yet. Your heart is far from me. In spirit, it's not there. It's not pleasing to God. But these, the remnant of her seed, that have this throne power revelation of Revelation 12, they keep the commandments of God. That's only the remnant of her seed. They keep the commandments of God and have something the others don't have and have the testimony of Jesus which is the spirit of prophecy. Now, John, when he hears the seven thunders out of their voices, John 4 run Jesus' first coming in the spirit of Elijah. Jesus stated that in Matthew 17. Elijah's already come. Uh, if you will receive it, this understood. He spoke to them of John the Baptist. But John the Baptist did not many mighty miracles. The last day, Elijah will, and John, the beloved disciple, the disciple whom Jesus loved, John. Somebody said, well, that's John the apostle, the revelator. Is he coming back from the dead? No. That's you, the beloved disciple, making one, one body, one Lord, one faith. That is, uh, when you see John heard the voices of the seven thunders and was about to write. He said, write it not. 
Then he was told, take the little book out of the angel's hand. Eat you all of it. This is all truth. This is the testimony of Jesus. It's all truth. Eat you all of it. That little book, the Bibliorhythian, that revelation of Jesus Christ is a higher glory than what we've seen in Pentecost. It's these cherubim, lion, man, ox, and eagle, that shadow the mercy seat, Paul said, which now we cannot speak particularly. We're in Pentecost. We can't do it now. We're in the wrong season, but it's coming. That's Hebrews 9, 5. God's revealing that cherubim now, the work of the ministry to those that have an ear to hear. Somebody said, well, my pastor said that we're just waiting for the rapture any day. Search you out of the book and read. Not one of these things will fail. Search the scriptures in them. You think you have eternal life, and these are they that testify of me. Are we against your pastor? Absolutely not. We're against the dominations. No, we're for the truth. We're here for there to help you. We're simply, simply servants of God. Pop the rag, shine your shoes for you to be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. But it is John. He takes the book out of the angel's hand. It'll be sweet to your mouth as honey, bitter to your belly. No man's going to give it to you. You've got to take it. The kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. The law and the prophets were unto John. Since that time, men pressed their way into it, pressing toward the mark for the prize of high calling of God in Christ Jesus. As many as be perfect, be thus minded. Paul said, you be any otherwise minded, God will reveal this even unto you. All you have to do is seek him. Seek God, neighbor, and you'll find that God is doing it now to those that have an ear to hear. Somebody said, well, I have to stay in the church. You're going to stay in a brick and mortar and go along with whatever that catechism is or that doctrine of dogma, or are you going to believe God and move as the Holy Ghost leads you? I suggest to do the latter. Obey God rather than man. John did ate that book, that little book. He took it out of the angel's hand and ate all of it as he was commanded. It was sweet to his mouth as honey. That's revelation of the word. Just as Jonathan put his sword into honey, uh, there was Saul and his eyes were enlightened. The eyes are the eyes of faith. And it was, it was bitter to his belly. There's your sufferings, persecutions, tribulations for the word of God, hated of all nations for his name's sake. Notice it was told, Revelation 19.10, that Revelation to, to John says, John, you must again prophesy, preach. You must again prophesy before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. Who's that John? Well, it's the body of Christ in the spirit of Elijah. It's the two olive trees of Revelation 11. Which are the two candlesticks? It is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, which is the sign. Somebody said, where do you see that? Zechariah 4. When he sees there in Zechariah 4, two olive trees. These are the two olive branches, which allude to the cherubim of glory, 1 Kings 6.23, which the, the cherubim are the church in its higher glory. Not in the, the testimony, not in the lid of the mercy seat to the Ark of the Covenant, but the two colossal 
olive, cherubim overlaid with gold, which are ten cubits high, five cubit each wingspan, shadowing the mercy seat in the holiest of all, the most holy place, when God anoints the most holy. Seals up the vision and the prophecy. This is the, the, the words of the book of this prophecy, Daniel 9, 24. When he does, at that point, they said this work of these cherubim, shadowing that mercy seat, Paul said, we cannot now speak particularly. Can't talk about it now, Hebrews 9, 5, because it was not time for it yet. But it's time now. Matter of fact, we're late in receiving the word of God. And the Lord is moving to stir us up, to occupy. Say not as yet for months to harvest. The fields are already white under harvest. There is this remnant of our seed that keeps the commandments of God. They are the olive branches. And when they see that, Zechariah sees it. And he says, what do you see? Zechariah, he says, well, I see two olive trees. One on the right side and the other on the other side of the bowl. The bowl is over the whole top of the church because these two olive trees are going to empty out of themselves, not the beaten olive oil, the golden oil. We'll get into that later. Why it's golden oil? Because it's a higher revelation of Jesus Christ, not a beaten olive oil, not have a, a beaten olive oil in the knops of bowls or the 22 knops of bowls to feed the seven lamps of the candlestick. It's olive. It's not olive oil. It's golden oil. That's the reason around Jesus paps around is a golden girdle, glory. It's a throne room revelation, not a Pentecostal revelation. It's a higher revelation. That is a radical glory higher than Pentecost. And we'll see why it's so, so radical a change that we must be established in this present truth or we will be deceived. It is a radical change. And it has surprised the hypocrite because God's going to lay judgment to the line, righteousness to the plummet. That's a height, depth, length, and width of Christ, which is our ceiling. And John, you must again prophesy before many Nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings, that's you, John, and that spirit of Elijah. That must come first to turn the hearts of the children to the fathers and the fathers to the children, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. And Jesus said in Matthew 17, he said, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. Through what? Through John, the beloved disciple, making one with the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you know that all runneth in a race, but only one winneth the prize. Therefore, run that you may obtain. Well, he says, these two olive trees upon the bowl. The bowl is over the candlestick. Why? Because these two olive trees are emptying out of themselves the golden oil. These are the sons of oil. They are the cherubim of glory. They are the olive trees. 1 Kings 6.23, Zechariah 4. is a change of raiment, a bland plucked out of the fire. And Zechariah 3, it is the 21st day of the seventh month. Haggai 2, it is the sign or the signet, which is as Zerubbabel, as a signet. What is Zerubbabel? Not by might, 
nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. There's more coming. We'll get into the radical revelation of Jesus and why there will only be a remnant that will go into the higher glory. Why it's only a remnant of her seed that will believe and hear the voice of God and be that bland, brand plucked out of the fire in a ceiling of the servants of God in their forehead. Zerubbabel, come you out of Babel, Babylon, and touch not the unclean thing. They're sons of Sheltiel, sons of prayer. Petitioned, petitioned God, prayers and supplications made. And Joshua, the son of Josedek. Joshua, the ones called by the name of Yeshua, Jesus. Sons of Josedek, righteous. And this is a brand plucked out of the fire. God's doing it now. Are you going through fire? You're going through a time of tribulation and trouble, persecution, tribulation, work of patience. Patience, work of experience. Experience, work of hope. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in the heart by the Holy Ghost. You're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. Why? For the glory that is just ahead. So if you're going through something, thank God for it. In all things, give thanks for this is the will of God for you. More to come. Tune in. We need to hear from you. Notice, uh, give us a, a message. We'd love to meet you. Come into one of the unity of the faith. As we march on into this truth, God moving to have his people ready for the work of the ministry, preparing him now. And this is the greater glory in the latter rain as we see Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, Joshua, the son of Josedek, these two sons of old, the time, time, three and a half years, 42 months of the Jesus ministry of Revelation 11, the two witnesses being the body of Christ and the Spirit of God. And we see that in Revelation 8, 13 through 27. And if you haven't seen that, uh, please be sure and take a look at the testimony of Jesus at Spirit of Prophecy, uh, that, that testimony of Jesus and the two witnesses in John 8. Well, until the next time, we love you. We praise God for you. Love to hear from you. Uh, there, you, we would love there for you to ask any questions some of you have. Uh, wanting to become an, one another the ministry, uh, wanting to know how you can get material, go to the podcast. They're downloadable. Teach it to your church. You want us to come meet you? We'll be coming to the unit of the faith. We would be honored to do so. Write to us. Drop us a message. Sealinggodspeople.org or DennisBeard.org. And until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.